Hi there. Welcome to another episode of From Tip to Tail. This episode is sponsored by Cuddly. Cuddly is the only dedicated crowdfunding platform built specifically for animal welfare organizations worldwide. My name is Bridget. And I'm Sydney. Today we're going to be talking to Karina from Trina and Friends Canine Rescue, which is an organization dedicated to rescuing and providing care for homeless shelter dogs in need. All right, so let's get started. Hi, Karina. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, good. How has quarantine been going for you? Uh, it's been actually, believe it or not, busy with the rescue part, meaning a lot of adopters coming out of the woodwork, a lot of people wanting to foster, etc. So that's been a good thing. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, and you know, things are as starting as- to op- open up now. Are you seeing any, like, fosters giving you a heads up of returning to work or are you seeing any any other side to it no i have not think most of them are teachers so they are not going to be going back till probably september oh that's interesting yeah so a lot of them are teachers and a lot of them just really honestly work from home to begin with so they have all the time in the summer so i have not um had anyone I actually, as a matter of fact, I had three more emails today saying that they're looking to foster. So here, so it has not slowed down, thank God, in that part. That's oh my gosh, that's great. I mean, that's that's what you hope for, right? Like everyone is just yeah. going to like stick around and, and you're just going to get bigger and bigger. That's my, that's my hope because what I really would love to do is to concentrate on rescue full-time, which is really where my passion is, um, and not have to work so much, but impossible, it's kind of impossible <laughs> to do so. So I don't know. I'm just working on figuring out a way how to do that or how to work a little bit less, mm-hmm. maybe three days a week, and then do the rest rescue. Because when you're working five days a week and you're working long hours, it's really difficult to do all this. And now that we, I mean, we've skyrocketed in no time you know I have everyone helping me but when people go back to work then what you know and it's hard for me to catch it's hard for me to even keep up as it is now imagine you know moving forward so there are things that I really would love to to grow on get my own shelter if you must say Mm -hmm. things like that I mean I love rescuing dogs especially the medical cases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so what is your your other full-time job? I work for a dentist as a dental assistant. Oh, wow. That's, mm-hmm. like, a, so, that's like a real full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And and we we are just basically right now still seeing emergencies, but we're back to work like full-time starting mm-hmm. Monday. And then if an emergency patient comes in, we'll see them. But other than that, we can't really until it's technically allowed. That's so the governor says it's time, then we, we can open up the doors. Well, you know what I mean, to normal patients on a daily basis. And Karina, you're in New York, right? Yeah. Are there other businesses? Is everything starting to, I guess, open up over there? Because I know it was, I mean, with the pandemic, I know it was really hitting hard in New York. Um, they're only allowing phase one, which was, they started last, it was literally a week, um, there'll be a week tomorrow that phase one opened mm-hmm. up and that was construction, some stores, 
but constructions allowed some certain like stores which allowed curbside pickup only but as far as like any restaurants hair salons nail salons you name it nothing is open dental is not open unless it's an emergency yeah it's crazy i mean there's obviously there's stores that are open like gas stations things like that are a necessity, but you'll not, you won't, the, the malls are closed. Everything like that is completely closed. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I know, it's a different world. And I'm, it's like, <laughs> when is the hair salon going to open? <laughs> oh, I know. I'm I've like, heard that so many times. All I want is to get my nails done, but it's like Me first world problems though. I'm like, I can't even complain right. though. Like at least I'm healthy. I know, <laughs> I know. I know. Well, so how did you get into rescue? I want to say this started back in I my my previous shepherd. His name was Snoop, and I used to take him to the dog park all the time. We'd walk the trail, and I had seen on um, like on a poster looking for volunteers for the Mount Vernon Animal Shelter. So I said, okay, let me call. So I called and I went and I started to volunteer walking dogs. And it was a huge eye opener. And I'm like, oh my God, look at all these poor animals here. And, you know, um, and I was like, I had no idea. It was, like I said, an eye opener. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> then from there, I lost Snoop in 2011. And I went ahead and I said, the next dog I get, I'm going to rescue. And so I went through the whole process of trying to find a dog. and. I ended up finding Trina, who um, I adopted in March of 2011. She, you know, she she was my everything. I mean, as a matter of fact, here today is her one year anniversary since she passed. Um, wow. I know. And so, from then on, I just started to get on Facebook and see all these dogs that were needing help and. Then I just went from little by little, okay, let me try to get this dog and find a home for it. And it just, from then on, it just grew and grew. And then I was with another rescue that I built up. And basically I was doing everything, even digging into my own pocket for a lot of things. And I I just felt like, you know what? They're taking advantage. They're not doing anything. So I'm going to go ahead and get my own. Five one two three. And that's when I said to myself, I want to name the rescue after Trina because I learned so much with her. Like she was really abused. She came to me with an embedded collar at 27 pounds of German Shepherd. I know that 27 pounds of German Shepherd. Imagine Mm -hmm. severe, severe separation anxiety. I went through, I can't even tell you how many crates she busted out of Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. It didn't matter. She was mine and that was it. And I said to myself, okay, I need to get work on my own 501. And thank God I had great friends that helped me with it. And that's how it started. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And and then, you know, again, through word of mouth, you would get a referral that someone's looking for a shepherd or et cetera. And it just, you know, like I said, it just kept growing. Um, it's been... It's been Trina and Friends Canine Rescue, I think, for the last four years, mm-hmm. four or five years, something like that. I can't even remember. 
but that's that's how I started and it was always more like I because I knew how abused she was and how what an amazing dog she was it just wanted me to help more of the ones that people would overlook you know what I mean yeah like most people want to want to adopt the cute puppies and the ones that they don't have to put the work into it or Mm -hmm. I like rescuing the dogs that need the most help and you you primarily rescue German shepherds right yes do you find that because you were saying that you like to rescue a lot of the ones that get overlooked or um you know the ones that need the most help or aren't getting that help would you say that you know German shepherds um you know in the shelters near you or I guess maybe across the country, are those the ones that get overlooked a lot or do you see a lot of them in shelters? Oh my God, yes. I see them many, many, many in California. Many in California and Texas and Georgia too, but not like California. California is, is, I mean, every time I turn, there's always, I don't even know, like they could be 10 in one shelter. And I want to say in the last year, probably in total since I've been, you know, helping California dogs, maybe, I want to say maybe we've gotten 50. It could be more, and Mm -hmm. I'm just not 100% sure, but all of them in amazing homes, all of them come here. They go to a foster home first. They get, you know, the decompression of two weeks. Then it's like, okay, this is how he really is, how, and then, we start finding placements because the way transport works in California is the guy, mm-hmm. the person I use, isn't there, doesn't go there for one every, you know, once a month. So we have like a month of, you know, and some of times, you know, there won't be another foster. So I'll take some home myself. But it's, it's definitely mostly in, I rescue a lot of them from California, Texas, Georgia seniors, ones with broken legs, uh, fractures. I mean, we just had a puppy, which was, um, wasn't a shepherd, but he came from Georgia, from a shelter. And Georgia said that the dog was fine. He just had a limp. They took an x-ray mm-hmm. and they came, the dog came here. He was four months, four months old, by the way. Mm-hmm. Came here, taking to my vet. My vet calls me and he says, the dog has a fractured spine. <laughs> So I said, okay. Um, so we had surgery and he's fine. He's doing great. He's just recovering now. It's going to be six weeks straight rest until he starts physical therapy. But this is what I like to do. This, these are the, the dogs that I like to help. The ones that, you know, even some of them who have aggression issues, behavioral issues, we work with them because we have really good trainers that we can't take as many as we would like to because you cannot put them into just a regular foster home. Mm-hmm. It has to be somebody that knows what they're doing. And I have just two people that are really good at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it sounds like you're pulling from all over the country and then do you have them all transported to New York then? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yes. That's amazing. So from California, we we use um, Pause in Motion, which is, his name is Gilbert Ramirez. He's amazing, spectacularly clean, you name it. Like, he's just honestly the, the best that I took from California anyways. And we have others. I mean, I also take dogs from Mississippi, Louisiana, you know, places like the, the, the South, Texas. 
you know, in Texas, you're expected to, for them to have heartworms, to be heartworm positive. You know, these, there are a lot of dogs in Texas that I just became involved with. These dogs aren't even coming from the shelter. They're coming from the streets. It's called a, a place that they call the Valley, which is apparently very horrific for dogs there. I just had one that was pulled off um, a riverbank with a broken leg. It, you know, it's just, yeah, but it's, but the problem is you, you want to help everyone and you can't when you're a small rescue. Mm-hmm. There's only so much funding that you have. Right. I know it's a constant give and take, right? Like you're, you're just like, okay, if I take in this one dog, what does that mean for the next week or two weeks? Mm-hmm. Right. And I definitely can see how frustrating that that can be. My gosh. Well, especially because you're taking on like those, like a lot of orthopedic cases or a lot of what sounds like medical cases that take a long time to get those pups back on their feet 100%. So it's not like you're taking in a dog and that dog is going to be out in a home, um, you know, feeling absolutely great within, um, you know, even like the month. It it sounds like you have to, when you take in these dogs, it's it's a more longer, longer commitment. Definitely, definitely. But, you know, it's worth it. I mean, for instance, Sabrina was one that we rescued from California. She came in with a broken, they think she was hit by a car. Mm-hmm. And she went to the Carson shelter. And she was going to be put to sleep because they kept her in isolation. And also there were no rescues willing to pull. And it just so happened, I said, okay, um, can somebody bring this dog to me here? Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that transport was going to be there. So we just worked it out. And she came from transport right to my vet, spent at least six weeks there because they wanted to keep her there to change the bandages, mm-hmm. to the splints, to check her. And she has been now adopted for, I want to say, two months. And she's doing amazing. And those are the the, the huge rewards that I'm like, this dog here would have been euthanized and mm-hmm. she's now living in New York in an amazing home it's worth everything well, so what does your adoption process look like then I mean it, it you're investing so much in these animals and I can imagine like you need a very specialized home if they are going to continue to have like maybe mobility issues or mm-hmm. things like that I'm like, who do you look for in an adopter? <laughs> and I guess, like, is there like a special process that you go through to to find and select these people for each pet? Uh, yeah, I mean, mostly if it's a German Shepherd's dog, I always, um, it has to be somebody that has Shepherd experience. And when people tell me I've had Shepherds, I always say to them, okay, but a rescue German Shepherd, as opposed to a puppy German Shepherd that you've had, is completely different. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand that, this one is going to be, you know, it's going to have issues. So you're going to have to be aware of this. So we interview everyone, you know, um, thank God most of the people that we have gotten have been really amazing. And then the ones that have like orthopedic issues, um, when they go to a foster, it's somebody that's, that's experienced with that or some, you know, because they mostly stay with my vet until they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and at that time, at that time, they are pretty much adopted. We had another one that, that, that was at the vet, same thing from California, same issue. Her name is Sadie. 
And one of my sponsors went to meet her and she ended up adopting her. <laughs> so mm. she left there and she, the dog went home and she's a nurse, but she's had, this, you know, she's had shepherds all her life and rescued ones. So we make it, you know, when people say to me, okay, I've had shepherd experience. I always go with the, okay, well, this is rescued dog. We really don't know the full background. So you're going to have to, you know, you have to understand that they will come with baggage. Mm-hmm. So you're, are you willing sure. to work with, with, with this? Um, are you willing to put the time it needs? And we have a printout for every adopter, things to do when you bring a dog home, uh, things not to do. You must have a crate. You must have this. Mm-hmm. You, must, you must not have family over for two weeks. You have to let the dog completely decompress, get to know you before you start adding family and friends into the picture. Mm-hmm. And like I said, most people, thank God, we have been lucky with. Um, everyone has to fill an application. Everyone has to have a home visit. And we do background checks, references, everything before they even get the dog. And of course, if there's a problem, we take the dog back. No yeah. questions asked. Right. I mean, I... I love that you're maybe speaking to them too from a place of experience. I mean, having gone through like a lot of that anxiety and and things with um with Trina, that sounds like I mean, you're like, "Yes, I know it's not easy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but if you hang in there, like you she'll come around and it'll be worth it. Did you find that Trina like eventually could overcome her anxiety? She did. It took a year, but she did. And it wasn't until I adopted my second dog, Nico that she, you know, became a little more confident. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, like I guess, but it took, it took me a year and it was hard work. But again, if I had to do it over, I would do it over again in a heartbeat. Just, she was the most amazing dog ever. There's nobody that will ever be her. I have six dogs and I love them all. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But she was, she's, she was my, my everything. She was special to me. That she was my soulmate, basically, if you want to call it that way. And, um, you know, yeah, it took me, it took me a year. I mean, we went through a, a lot with the separation anxiety, it, it, crate after crate. And, you know, I mean, there were, I would come home, she would be salivating from, from the anxiety, mm-hmm. medication, everything. It would just not, it wasn't working. And it wasn't until I, I adopted Nico. Um, that she started to get much better. And mm-hmm. I had her, I had her for since 2011 until uh, 2019. Oh, wow. A good, good how, life. How old was she when you adopted her then? That's. She was probably about three, we think. And oh, wow. the last two, the last two years of her life, she became paralyzed. She, she got diagnosed with degenerate myelopathy. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Um, basically com- ALS. In German Shepherds? It is. It is. It can be. Uh And I'm actually going through it right now again with Nico. (laughs) It's like, are you kidding me? (laughs) You couldn't give me a break. (laughs) Oh, wow. But, but, you know, it it was, uh, it was, it was wonderful. I mean, the last two years when she started to become paralyzed, um, you know, we all moved downstairs and we all slept downstairs. I, bought a futon like mattress and her and I slept on the floor. Uh, we went for therapy. 
She mm-hmm. went swimming. We, we went to Eddie's Wheels in Massachusetts. I, you know, we got her wheels. You know, she ate, was expressing her bladder, doing everything. And again, I had to do it over again. I would do it all over again. Mm, I know. Oh, it sounds like that when you take in a dog, um, you're really, really trying not to set that dog up for failure when you're putting them in a home. Um, you know, you're you're keeping in mind that people should have that experience with that. Specific, would you say it's with this specific breed? You you should have the experience with it because of, you know, perhaps all the things that they're predisposed to, maybe like hip issues or um, anxiety if that runs in the breed or things like that. Yeah. They, they need to be aware, you know, a lot of people question me, well, have you checked their hips? Have you done this? And I, um, I always say to them, I look, I'm, I'm not a breeder. I can't check everyone's hips or do testing for degenerative myelopathy, which 98% of the time it's not accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to understand that if you're going to adopt from this breed, these are the things that can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh myelopathy, hip issues, uh, disc issues, all kinds of things um, that they can suffer from, unfortunately. And a lot of them, they know because they've had shepherds before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was in, in, there's one woman I adopted a shepherd to, and she's wonderful. And this was her first dog, her first shepherd. And I went through the whole thing with her, you know, this is a shelter dog. I really don't like to adopt to someone that doesn't have the experience, mm-hmm. but I myself didn't have that experience once as well. Mm-hmm. So she went ahead and she contacted the trainer that we use and she went through all the whole thing. Mm-hmm. He advised her what to do and yeah, and, and he ended up in a wonderful home, but that was somebody that was willing to put the work into right. it. Right, yeah. So if you're willing, willing to, to put the work into it, then you are 100% on board with me. If yeah. you want it easy, I mean, people say, well, I want a dog that's housebroken. I want a dog that's quite trained. I'm, I'm just like, well, that's not going to happen. I mean, you have to understand that the dog's going to come there with, issues and mm-hmm. I cannot guarantee a dog to be housebroken he could have accidents in yeah, your home right. it's a matter of a routine so sometimes people don't understand that <laughs> yeah and I think that's something we've heard from a few different rescues which I feel like is so inspiring is like no one started out and they were like I went to college for rescue like that's that wasn't never a thing it was, it's just people who are willing to put in that work and it's like at the end of the day like you can make any situation work if you put enough effort into it i mean and i think sydney can speak to this cuz <laughs> and i'm sure she's talked to you about it but, but um her own like anxiety with her dog i mean it was something that she she bought everything. She tried everything. She worked so hard. And I, I even mean, asked Karina. I was like, "What right. do I do?" <laughs> well, in a similar situation, it wasn't until she got her her next dog that they like bonded out. And and it was like, "Oh, all you needed was a buddy." Like you you almost wish they could tell you that. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I, I just need someone I, here. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you. It was like it was like, oh, well, look at that. I mean, they were. It, it was funny. I remember one time. I had him in the crate because I would have him in the crate. And at that point, she was out of the crate because what was the difference? She was breaking out anyways. <laughs> um, 
Right. So I would have him in the crate and she was like, just, you know, be like, finally I, I was able enough to, you know, let him out of the crate and I would, you know, leave the house, go to work, come back. I remember one time I came home to like the entire living room, a tornado <laughs> from them, <laughs> from them playing and ripped up the couch. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God. But, you know, it, it was uh, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. I just came home and I just went with my mouth open and I just literally started laughing. I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> at least they're, <laughs> at right. least, at that point, at least you can't get angry. You just got to laugh about it. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, at least it was a happy tornado <laughs> instead of like an anxiety tornado. Right. Exactly. Like, Mom, but exactly. we had fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, geez. It was well, so- funny. I mean, it's so a lot of these German shepherds, I mean, it sounds like maybe they have a predisposition for a lot of joint issues and things like that. Is there any recommendations that you would have for for people bringing up a dog um, to maybe help ease them through any discomfort or to avoid as much as possible any any issues with that? Well, you know, I always tell them, even if they're young, I would uh, start them with like glucosamine, um, not as a puppy, but you know what I mean, like starting mm-hmm. from the two and up. Exercise the dog. Make sure you don't put, you know, make sure the dog doesn't get overweight. You know, swimming if you can. Take the dog swimming. Lots of swimming is great mm-hmm. for them. You know, they they just, it's hard to say, but I mean, it's with the general myelopathy is there isn't any really cure or anything you can do it. They, they just decline. They're, the only thing I can recommend is if there's somebody that that is God forbid that should happen, you you need to get the dog to therapy, give them the best they can, um, give them the wheel so they have some kind of freedom. Take them right. to therapy. I mean, it's important. The therapy is important when it just gives them that you know, like that freedom. And um, I, I I have somebody that she didn't adopt from me, but she. She's a someone who donates, and her dog was diagnosed with degenerative myelopathy. So she came to me. She asked me, "What do I do?" Told her what to do. I told her to get the horse wraps put on their back leg so that when they're dragging, they're not, you know, hurting themselves. The, I use that help them up harness, which is great for picking the dog up from the the front and the back. Sardines are another something that we also recommend like with somebody that has degenerative myelopathy and there are these different vitamins that are prescription. Like it's just so, so much, but you know, I'm always there to help someone if they need the help. Yeah, no, it sounds like it. And oh my gosh, I mean, I can just imagine like picking a dog up with those harnesses. Like you must have amazing guns. Like that's <laughs> like, that's quite a workout. <laughs> with with Nico, he's very stubborn and he wants to go up those stairs. So I find myself I have to grab uh I he still has the, the front the front strength, so his his back legs are, are gone. The front still works. So he goes walking up the front and here in the I'm grabbing from the back and we go walking up and down those stairs daily. So I'm like, that's my exercise for the day. <laughs> For mm. sure. That's more ex- exercise than I typically get. So <laughs> that's, oh my yeah. God. So with all this talk about how you take in a lot of medical cases, a lot of 
um, a lot of treatment that needs to be done, a lot of the preventative care that you do, like the joint supplements and the therapy and things like that. Um, I guess what I want to ask is a lot of people, I guess, maybe don't don't know, I guess, the cost and time that it takes to care for these dogs, especially a large one with, you know, that's perhaps predisposed to issues um, like hip dysplasia and all that things like a German Shepherd. Um, so what would you say, like on average, how long does it, you know, maybe take for a dog to come into your care and come out of your care? And how much does that usually cost for you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> it, I mean, I guess it depends. I, I I mean, if you're talking about a dog that's needing ortho surgery, mm-hmm. it could be $4,000. Oh. Um, and then you have to think then after $4,000 for the surgery, let's just say. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you have the physical therapy, which is usually recommended twice a week. And sometimes it depends on where you go. Um, we use Wagon in the Water in um, Carmel, mm-hmm. New York. And she charges rescues $45 for the session. It could be an hour. It could be two hours. But, you know, you start multiplying that twice a week, three times a week, mm-hmm. or however long they need it for. Luigi's going to need physical therapy. I don't know. It's not for six weeks. But is it going to be twice a week or three times a week? Um, we don't know. Um, uh, you remember Sid? You remember Loki, correct? Mm-hmm. I do remember Loki. He was the one okay. um, we did the fundraiser for that had, I want to say that he had the fractured spine or he had. Yeah. And he was, he was paralyzed and he had the surgery and now he can walk. Mm-hmm. But, oh you know, gosh. it wasn't just the third. It wasn't just the surgery. He also needed months of therapy right i was gonna say he did months of like the hydrotherapy that you do and yeah you remember that it hydrotherapy, took a very long time a very long time and he's never going to be straight he will always have that hump and, and he walks a little bit like kind of sideways but he can walk he yeah. wasn't able to walk before that surgery mm-hmm. i remember that video um that you showed on his like transformation of when he was walking and everyone was like so giddy and just so happy that he was finally up on his legs, even though he was like a little wobbly. Right. And, and right. So it's, it's like, wow, wow. That's what's rewarding. That's what I like. It's like, oh my God, people, people will say, well, you're crazy taking a dog that's paralyzed. You'll never know if it's going to walk. Or how, what, yeah, you, you never know. And with Luigi, same thing. Now he was able to walk and that surgery could have paralyzed him. But, he, but if we left him the way he was, then what? Then any wrong move, and then he would have been permanently paralyzed. So right. you have to do yeah. this. You have to do it. And, I mean, look, I even had some people tell me, are you sure you want to spend $7,000 for that surgery? He's just a puppy. Wouldn't it be easier to euthanize the dog? I'm like, absolutely not. That's not called rescue. Yeah. Right. And for those that don't know, Luigi is the dog she just rescued that that was found with the fractured spine. Yeah, we'll we'll put a link to that in our in our post that we do. I love that because it's yes, you're putting in so much hard work. Yes, you're it's costing money, but at the end of it, it's like it's like you're making a miracle happen. Like truly, because it's like you, you probably just had so many people telling you like, well, this is it is what it is, and it's not going to get any better. Yes, but you were like <laughs> head against the brick wall. Like, no, of course it's not going to get any better if we just sit here. Mm-hmm. But if we try, then at least there's a chance. It's, right. Uh, I give give us the chance. I just can't. I oh god, knock on wood. I haven't ever. The only one time I've had to have put a dog put down is because 
he was in, re, you know, in kidney failure. And we did do the blood transfusion. We did ask for this to be done. Mm-hmm. And it, we tried. And at the vet, the vet said to me, okay, enough. Like, I'm telling you right now, he's not going to get better. Yeah. He's in kidney failure. He's suffering. The right. humane thing to do is put him down. And, I, you know, okay. So, yeah. But we don't take the easy road out. That's mm-hmm. for sure. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna rescue, you have to put hundred and fifty percent, and you have to at least do yeah. at least say that you tried. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody can just take a dog and say, um, "Oh yeah, sure." You know, well, then oh, let's just if it's gonna cost ten thousand dollars, I can't do that. Let's just euthanize. Well, why don't you try to figure out a way to fundraise instead of just taking the easy way out? I always think that too, because I feel like a lot of the people who always say like, you know, that dog doesn't have quality of life or you should put that dog down. They don't realize that they're, you know, you're the ones that are making that decision. You're the one that has to live with that, with that, you know, I put that dog down and I did it for the right reason. So it would make sense that you would do everything possible to avoid that because you're the one that ultimately has to, you know, sign that paper and, and make that decision in the end. Yes. I mean, we had someone with Loki that said to me, I can't believe you, you know, what you should be putting the dog down. I wish that person would see how he is now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now you have those badges on your, <laughs> on your vest, like saying like, no, this is how hard I worked. I, I'm transforming all these lives. I mean, that's amazing. So how many people are in your, I mean, so you, I'm sure now it's ever growing so many more fosters and different things, but how many people are in your organization at this point? As far as as far as I really really go to fosters that I rely on a hundred percent, the ones that I said that will take like up to three dogs into their home. There's there's two of there's three of them. There's Samantha, there's Debbie, and Colleen. Debbie and Colleen are the are amazing. They take in the hard cases like a dog with like a guarding issues or you know. Uh, dog aggressive, things like that. Um, they'll take a dog like that. I have Jamie, who's also wonderful, who will, you know, she's just, there's her and her family so loving that, oh my God, Jamie, I, I don't have an extra foster. Can you hold on to this dog for a couple of weeks? No problem. And they'll have like three, four dogs in their home and it's never an issue. As far as on the board, we have, I think there's Lisa, Christian, Erica. I mean, there's at least, people now I think and we're just trying we were just talking that we have to have a meeting on Sunday because we're getting so big that sometimes emails are getting lost mm-hmm. for someone looking for a dog and so we have to have a better way of organizing things better way of okay if this one's checking the application they need to let that person know that that application was checked I have now someone just running the rescue page because I can't do it it's too much for one person mm-hmm. So I want to say maybe a good seven to 10 people that help out uh, and all of them amazing people. I mean, Christian was Christian who does a lot of the applications now. She does a lot of recruiting, fosters, interviews, everything. She is a two-time adopter. She adopted two dogs for me. <laughs> and it's funny how she's now become part of it usually happens though i feel like people who invest themselves in a rescue they foster they adopt and then they end up working for that rescue just because they love it so much (laughs) yeah it's crazy like 
I, and it all happened during this whole pandemic. She's like, <laughs> She's like, oh, give, give me this application. Give me that application. Okay. And then it just like, then she has spreadsheet and this one wanted, this one is looking for this kind of dog and they have two kids and three kids or a dog and a cat, whatever. And it's like, okay, so it's now, I swear, we're like matchmakers. <laughs> no, that dog's not going to work for that home. Okay. This dog, will, yeah, this dog, I would definitely trust with this home because they have young children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I won't adopt a German shepherd coming from a shelter to anyone that has young children. That is my big no. Mm -hmm. I don't know how a dog will be. And that always scares me. The only time I will adopt a dog to family with young kids is if they are puppies. Mm -hmm. If they are like, you know, like six month old German shepherd or puppies for that matter. But as far as any, like, two-year-olds that come from the shelters, one-year-olds, even one-year-olds, it, it really just scares me um, mm-hmm. with little kids. So it's right. just a big no for me. It's a big no. It's, it, it's a big dog. God forbid, you know, I that always scares me. So I'm always in the back of my head. I'm like, no, no, it's not worth it. If right. they want, then come, you know, for a puppy. And, you know, it's like been, everybody's been wanting puppies now. So we've helped out a few puppies. And um, and it's it's not setting that dog up for failure, not putting it at home where, you know, that dog yeah. is at risk of. Absolutely. I know that was what I was thinking too. It's, it's not even, I mean, and of course it's, you don't want that child to be injured, mm-hmm. but that's also a Correct. bit of a, a sentence for that dog. One bite is forever right. like this blemish. And it's like, it was one moment in this dog's entire life, yeah. but, but oftentimes it, it can just stick with them and, and um, put them in a position where it's like that much harder to find an adopter, that much harder to find them a better life. So no, that's that's very smart. Oh yeah, I mean, even some adult people, you tell them not to do certain things in two weeks, and they do it. And then if the dog bites or if it's a nip, you know, it's then it's it's sad for that poor dog, you know. Right. But it, it rare it rarely happens because we are, like I said, very very strict. I mean, I have someone right now that's applying for, we have a, a, we took, we also helped a shelter in Georgia and they had, I think it was 16 case dogs, which were from a cruelty case, all of them pit, pit mixes. And I said to them, not a problem. We'll take them. Four of them are with Colleen who's fostering them. Two others, I think were adopted. And then we have this one that's like a blue nose pit and he is absolutely gorgeous. And of course, everyone wants them and you have to be very careful because you just don't know what people want them for. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we have a list of applicants and we're like, nah, nah we have, who's going to, who wants to interview this person really, really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but, but like I said, we also help Sean, who is the manager at the Marietta County shelter in Georgia. And he's amazing. And, you know, and then this Chris was from the, from the LaGrange shelter in Georgia, who we've been helping to with, with dogs. And it, it's so, yes, we are mainly a German Shepherd rescue, but we do help others when needed. And we, and we don't turn a dog away. It doesn't oh, it matter of the like breed. Too, like, it sounds like you're relatively, I guess, Trina and Friends is a relatively small rescue in itself, but it sounds like that you partner with a lot of shelters and a lot of 
I guess, rescues all across the country to help, you know, whatever dog's in need. Yeah. Yes. I work with Safari. She's in California. Uh, I work with Angel Bark. She's also in California. We work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work with Rescue Right in Bedford. Uh, we all, in, in Georgia, there's Lakers Paws. She's my Georgia partner. But what, I, what I'm saying is uh, we all have our own rescues, but we help each other. Yeah. So if that person is looking for a specific dog, if they don't have it, they'll come to me or I'll go to them. You know, I, Just, I have this person looking for this dog. Do you have a dog that matches that? And yeah, so it just works that way. And, you know, also but we help, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of No Dogs Left Behind in China. Well, they're based in New York, but he saves a lot of slaughter dogs, a lot of dogs from the meat market. We also help him. Taking dogs from, you know, from, I forget the name of the rescue, but it's in um, Azerbaijan. Mm-hmm. We've taken a few dogs from them too and placed them into homes. Taking dogs from Egypt. I love that. Uh, just, yeah, it's Turkey. Uh, you know, just one rescue. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's everybody playing their part and just trying to better, you know, animal lives. Yeah. And... I mean, I have an Egyptian dog. I, I rescued her. She came. Mm-hmm. She flew from Egypt with a with a um, injured like she was hit by uh, run over by a car, mm-hmm. and the same surgeon, the same surgeon, Doctor Berg, that did Loki, did Luigi, did Octavia. I've had her now for uh, four years, and she walks and runs. And this is a street dog in Egypt, and she's she's very feral. She will not accept other people except me. You can't even put a leash on her, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, but she's great with me. You know, so we 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 help dogs from everywhere. Yeah, that's I, great. I believe that every dog, every dog deserves a chance, whether it's in the United States or any other country. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely, and I love I love that absolutely. Like no discrimination between any borders, but then also what you were saying about how you admire so many of like these like shelter like directors and things like that, because I think there is a bit of that divide of like, mm-hmm. well, like we're rescue and their shelter. And I mean, I think so many shelters are put in like a unwinnable situation where yes. like they can't offer as much medical care, as much um, specialized care as maybe that they want to be able to. And so because of that, right. so many people have this negative idea of like, well, that shelter, that's where they killed those dogs. And it's like, they don't, don't want to do be that. Do that, doing mm-hmm. that. And like, yes, all these rescues are, are electing who gets to come out. But the fact that there are so many great people that work at these shelters who are trying to make a difference and who are trying to like renovate the system from inside, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so yeah. great. Yes, like like I said, Sean, you know, he texted me yesterday. You know, we took it was it was I don't remember. There was I think a total of sixteen case dogs, and we took all of them. We have all the other ones that came two weeks ago, all pretty much placed. There's six more that are coming tomorrow, and they already have like fosters waiting. And I told Sean, I said, okay, Sean, so you know, I don't really, you know, have that big. People, clients, you know, not clientele, mm-hmm. you you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I said, I do work with, I do know Sherry from this rescue and, and this one from Wise Rescue and Pit Stop in Pennsylvania. And they're all ones that I completely trust. So I reached out to them and I said, I have these dogs coming. 
And so Sherry's coming tomorrow to meet the dogs and she's probably going to take a few. But that's, you know, we'll, that's what I mean. It's a circle. We all work together. It just doesn't mean that it's because they're coming to me right. that I can't give to someone else, work together and say, okay, great. You found placement for that dog. Perfect. The goal is to get them a home. Not about, oh my goodness, we adopted a hundred dogs in a year. And, you know, it's, it's a team, it's, yeah. it's a team effort. Really? Absolutely. Well, so we have a couple of fun questions. Sure. I mean, given that your rescue is named after Trina, (laughs) I don't know if you want to maybe base them around her or Nico or someone else in your home, but (laughs) as as you see fit. Um, Okay. So if your dog was president, what would be the first thing they did? My dog was president would be the first thing they did. Um, they would, I guess we would have, well, definitely animal laws, strict animal laws as bay and neuter. Anyone who abuses a dog gets years in jail, not just a slap on the wrist mm-hmm. or community service. Oh, gosh, what else comes to mind? I can't even think of that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a complete overhaul, right? <laughs> of how yeah. things are done. Okay. What is one trick your dog has taught you? To be more patient, to be uh, definitely more patient because you have to have patience to have these dogs. Um, And certainly if they become medically compromised. So I would say patience, number one, that's the big, big one for me what they've taught me, patience, uh, love, caring. I guess that would be it. It's so great too. It just like bleeds into every other part of your life. Like, <laughs> like having extra patience just helps everything. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. And then Definitely. if you had to pick one life motto, what would it be? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> let me see. I'm thinking here. If I've had my my choice, I would want to. Def- I mean, I just to see the good that, just for people to see the good that that we we are and we do for these dogs. I think that really speaks to everything you're doing. I mean, I can't imagine like the things you've seen and experienced and heard. But it sounds like for you to have so much hope in all these situations um, and to and to like be optimistic in all these circumstances. I mean, with Loki, with all these other animals, when everyone else is maybe, I don't know where you find your hope, but I, <laughs> I'd love uh, to borrow some if you are offering. <laughs> it sounds like you, uh, you, you maybe have a lot of obstacles that you're facing and still you're steadfast in everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, Looking for that good, I mean, that has to be invaluable to you. It it is, and um, I always say I always say that I am a risk taker, and I am a risk taker because ninety nine percent of the time it really always works out. I just jump in, and somehow it works out, and I just take those chances. It's so great to talk to you. And I mean, I feel like everything you're doing is so super inspiring from like, even from just like your intimate group of people 
working with no borders, like taking dogs from across the country, from outside the United States Mm -hmm. um, and taking on those hard situations like as well. I mean, everything you're doing is is so super inspiring. So we loved being able to talk to you today. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Same. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Of course. Have a good on Trina's week. anniversary. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. so dedicated to Trina for yes. sure. <laughs> Absolutely, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Thanks again. Thank you. We loved speaking to Karina today. She's working with so many different animal rescues over the United States, into other countries, um, shelters, and pulling overlooked dogs all along the way um, to do such an amazing work. So if you want to find out more about what she's doing and get involved, you can find out more in our show notes or on the blog at cuddly.com. And also be sure to rate, like, and subscribe this podcast. And be sure to follow Cuddly on all the social media accounts at We Love Cuddly. That's C-U-D-D-L-Y. Thanks, guys. See you next time.